What you saying, bro? What's going on, bro? Can you hear me? I'm good, you? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Right on. I can hear you perfect, too. And now we're just waiting on good old Bast and Rob. Bast. How'd the other show go? <laughs> yeah, really How'd the other show go? No, it's really good. It went really well. We, um, we looked at kind of, rather than discuss Appalachian itself, kind of the build-up to it and then the aftermath. Um, no. yo. There he is. What's going on, brother? What's up? Hey, Not we're working. <laughs> I was just asking Dave how his uh, how his other show went, and he was uh, giving me a skinny on that. But uh, we'll we'll jump right into it here, and then I'll let him give his uh, p- promo for that. What's good, everybody? Welcome to Wise Guys Hideaway. I'm your host, as always, Ian Barr. With me are my loyal, loyal, loyal fucking co-hosts, David Brexford and Rob Below Jr. What's going on, guys? What the fuck's up? Yeah, I'm good, bro. Not much. Not much. <laughs> is it uh, is it as beautiful in Boston and jolly old as it here is here in the murder mitten today? Because it's fucking gorgeous, gents. Oh no, it's cold as shit here today. It was pouring uh this morning. Yeah, I ain't been great here either. Oh, well, no, Michigan, Michigan for the win then. <laughs> All right. Well, um. As I was just uh, saying before, before uh, Rob so rudely chimed in as he was supposed to, uh, <laughs> we were uh, we were chatting up. Uh, uh, our our boy David here is uh, moving on to bigger and better. Well, not moving on, but uh, getting involved in uh, bigger and better things in the in the podcast world. David, before we uh, jump balls deep into whatever the fuck it is we're going to talk about, why don't you uh, why don't you let us know what uh, what you had going on today, bro? Uh, um, yeah, no, it's with um, Joey over at um, Gangster Profiles. Um, He's, uh, I, I, I really enjoy his stuff because he kind of looks at things differently. He doesn't sort of look at the, uh, if you like, the, the, the gotty fat. He doesn't do the usual stuff. He does really out there stuff. So I, I love his podcast that he does. Um, and we were just discussing um, Appalachian, but more to do, rather than Appalachian, the event itself, we were more looking at the build-up to Appalachian, um, and then, if you like, the aftermath. So um, I think Joey's going to be launching or publishing a show on Monday. So, yeah, it went pretty well, man. And I'm going nowhere. I'm wise guy Ideway. I'll still give you guys a shout-out on there. Hell, yeah, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. As soon as it goes out. As soon as it goes out. Yeah, so, Morgan. Uh, got any other any other? Sorry, mate. I said, you got any other promos for us, or? Uh, well, obviously, you got a uh, bad guy pod, uh, bad guy podcast, National Crime Syndicate as a shout out. Um, uh, Christian, Christian Cipollini, and Dr. J. Michael Nyar. Um, and also, I know that we were discussing this as well. Big shout out to Linda Scarpa, Linda, if you're listening, we would love to get you on the show. Um, we've got a lot of respect for you. We think you're um, kind of one of the better ones of the families out there. So um, yeah, we would love to get to uh, get you on the show. Yeah, Linda's oh, yeah, cool. Sure. Linda's oh, crazy. Man. Yeah, we both worked yeah, no, on the um, Facebook group, didn't we, Rob? We was on admin on the Facebook group together. Yeah, 
Yeah, I've uh, I've tried to message her a couple times, but uh, I know it's uh, I know her dad is a real sensitive subject for her, so I, I don't try to push it too much. But yeah, I mean, Linda, if you're listening, I would I would absolutely love to have you on. I mean, we could it could be at your disclosure, you know, uh, just you know, strictly things you want to talk about. I mean, it, it could be even more about you than who your dad was and how you know growing up in that life, you know, how it impacted you. I mean, promote whatever, say whatever. I mean, the fucking platform's yours, girl. Big, big shout out to Linda Scarpa. Yeah, no respect. Rob, you got any, uh, you got any points? You want to... Yeah, I got a lot of respect for it too. Yeah, um, let me give a shout out to our team at Omerta Social Club, obviously, my team, Prison Chills Network, NCS National Crime Syndicate, NCS's mm-hmm. Classic Gangster Society, Cyril DePaggio and the Mob King, Seth Ferrante, Nev Morgan. And uh, Joey Rock from Mob Facts. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Joey Rock, but uh, he's a good guy. He even volunteered to give us a hand with some editing if we needed it in the future. Oh, cool. No, hell yeah. No, I really appreciate that. I mean, like, I I, I want to edit him. I just, I'm so fucking busy, man. I literally, I get two days with you guys, and then I'm back to, you know, fucking 100 feet, 200 feet, 300 feet above ground. It ain't really a, ain't really a place to edit a podcast, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> I mean... Um, I fucking love this fight from the hip shit, man. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, like it's just us being us and like you know fuck ups and all. You know, dead air time and all. Just I mean, getting our craft together and you know really uh really getting it together. We but, almost yeah, have I, got um, I, don't forget Brett Brett Giuliano, Dust Bunny Mafia. Oh yeah, I was I was just I was just getting to him. I ain't did my shout outs yet, Dave. You <laughs> just gonna steal. I just want to no, make sure this is to come to mind. That was all. Oh no, Brett's Brett's a fucking man. Big shout out to Brett Juliana. Uh, anytime he wants to come back on here, along with whatever you know, kind of riff raff and you know mischief makers he's got in his corner. That, I mean, uh, every, everybody's more than welcome. I don't know how many people you can get on one of these fucking things, but I uh, I'm, I'm very curious. Give it a shot. I'm sure they tell you out at like five or six, but I mean, I, I've I've definitely plug into five or six people. Just you know, give us an opening and then shut the fuck up and let everybody else go fucking not wild. I mean, I guess I probably wouldn't shut up. That's a lie. But <laughs> nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, I also got to give a big shout out to the Mob King, Ciro DiPaggio, uh, to my boys holding down uh, the R-Thing clothing apparel, David Randazzo and uh, Ronnie Cockroach. Big shout out to you boys. Fucking guy. I got a lot of love for those guys. James Ramirez, uh, Vincent, the Li- <laughs> Vincent the Library and APRA. You know, I mean, that, that's my dude too. Uh, all the all the groups we run on Facebook, you know, from uh, Omerita, which is, you know, just the cream of the crop to uh, – to my little neck of the woods, which is, you know, strictly, you know, Gambino family, Detroit combination, all that. Uh, I mean, give, give us a, give us a like on, you know, the wise guys hideaway page on Facebook or I mean, Instagram. Uh, we, I don't believe we're on Twitter because we all decided fuck that. <laughs> but we are, we are on Instagram and Facebook and I do have some old ass janky episodes up on YouTube. It's just, I mean, it's just like three of my first like couple episodes i'm trying to get uh i'm trying to get something set up here at, at my little hideaway if you will something, but uh something. another shout out i gotta give yeah a little something something I, I need a fucking i need a sound tech an editor i need what joe rogan has i need a young jamie how he's got homeboy always sitting at the desk just a googling shit for him and filming and making sure everything goes but that's what i need i i, I don't need to worry about this shit i'm not a tech savvy guy who did um but, Calara, frank Calara. get him he's at work oh frank Frank Collada? No, the guy that was that, working with him. He's great stuff, man. I forget his name now. Oh, well, I mean, dig, dig him up, man. I mean, well, I mean he was Kalata. Kalata. the guy that's doing his stuff now is good stuff, man. You should listen to some of his stuff that's, on YouTube. That's what, I, 
that's what that's literally what I just said is dig his name up. Oh, sorry, bro. And I'll shoot I'll shoot him a little something and see what it I mean if he was if he was fucking with Kalada, I'm guessing Kalada had a little bit of a little bit of change to throw at him. Yeah. So I'd have to see what uh what he'd want to charge. But I mean Rob's got his boy. I mean we'll we'll figure it out. We'll we'll get it together. <laughs> My last quick shout out real quick goes to the three nine two brothers mobile mechanics out of uh Detroit, out of the Metro Detroit area. That's uh three nine two brothers with a Z and not an S mobile mechanics. Um, they're limited service, but it is a, is a free quote and they can do everything. They're just, you know, they're, a, they're a startup company. They're up and coming. Um, uh, my, my uh, good friends, Alex and Emily are, uh, sort of like the, the owners of it, I guess, the, the head honchos of the whole ordeal. And if you're in the Metro Detroit area and you need anything screwed, glued, welded, or fucking just, I mean, revamped, you know, detailed on my car, of course, uh, I mean, they're, they're the people to go to. You can get a hold of them at 313-974. 22 22 and will somebody please kick that goddamn dog <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just, i love that little fucker is that who's going nuts in the background or what, what do we got going on over there nothing that was my cat meowing yeah that was your that was a loud fucking cat bro that cat's a beast Millie. all right jeff well let's dive on into it so today me and the boys uh because i'm a lazy degenerate piece of shit who's been negating my responsibilities I decided what we're going to do for y'all today is we're pretty much just going to take you through October, the month of October. This is something I kind of want to start doing over here at the hideaway, along with like real in-depth episodes about individuals or crews or whatever. I kind of want to just like mid-month, sort of towards the end of the month, take people through the month, you know, and organize an organized crime history. And uh, I mean... I'll, ju- I'll jump us off here. Uh, you know, one of the first, one of the first things that really, you know, comes to my mind when I think of October and I think of the mafia, actually the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of October and I think of the mafia is the Albert Anastasia. Mm. I mean, 10 out, of, 10 out of 10 times, you know, October 25th, 1957 at the park central hotel and the, in the barbershop, um, which is, I don't know if it's in like a, a basement to the hotel, but like, I don't know all the pictures I've ever seen. It always seems like it's kind of like a little step down into the barbershop. I don't know though. I've never, I've never once stepped foot there, but Nonetheless, good old Albert Mad Hatter, or the Lord High Executioner, whatever we want to call him, Albert Anastasia, sitting in there, getting himself a hot shave, getting himself, you know, getting himself a trim, living his best life. You know, he's a, he's a reputed mob boss, notorious killer. He's on top of the world. You know, he's got a, he's got a compound with Dobermans. And, I mean, he's just – he's, he's at, the, at the peak of his career and at the end of it, all, all in once, all in one big swoop. Uh, three gunmen. I mean, they say three to four, but I think I do think it was three. And uh, I mean, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that I do believe the uh, old uh, old Porky Pie tale that it was the two Gallo brothers and uh, Car- <clears throat> excuse me, Carmine Persico, who uh, assassinated Albert Anastasia, which would eventually help lead to you know Carlo Gambino uh, taking control of the family and becoming boss of the family and running it uh, very efficiently all the way until he dies, ironically, in October. October 15th, 1976, and Massapeka, New York. Um, I mean, just died like an, like an OG, man. Died watching a fucking Yankees game of natural causes, causes heart attack or whatever. Another little side note to the Albert Anastasia bit, and then one of you gentlemen can take us from there, is uh, ironically enough, although it's not in October, it's still very, very close that uh, almost, almost 30 years ago, you know, to the exact time, at that same hotel, at the Park Central Hotel, on November 4th, 1928, the, the, the brain behind the organized crime in America, uh, the original brain, I guess, 
uh, Arnold Rothstein is uh, is shot and would later succumb to death from his injuries over a, over quite a, a a luxurious gambling bet, if you will. The there had been a a card game going for many hours, and he racked up what I believe would be like the equivalent today of two million or something, from what I read, in in gambling bets. And uh, when he decided that you know no, he wanted to call it. Uh, somebody else really called it for him. So I thought I always think that's an interesting little tidbit. Apparently, Park Central Hotel is not the place for <laughs> gangsters. You know, I mean, it's just fucking not where you want. Just not where you want to be found, especially during the fall. Apparently, but uh, I'll stop uh, jattering for a second and uh, let one of you boys take it. Uh, when you guys got something for us? Uh, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of uh, notable events that happen in the uh, the month of October. On um, October 1st, 1910, Carmine Tremonte, uh, boss of the Lucchese crime family, he died. I mean, he was born. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. No, you're good. He, no, you're good. When he, he was born. Um, we also got w- Willie Moretti, the um, New Jersey faction of the Genovese crime family. He was murdered uh, while he was having lunch on um, – it was uh, – the fourth on October fourth, nineteen fifty-one, and it was uh, it was uh, supposedly you know Genovese was um, behind that hit, and they called it a, a mercy killing. But what's interesting about this is I did a post on this this month. Uh, our good friend J. Michael Neoda, he actually uh, reached out to me, and he told me that. Um, Damoretti may have been killed because he was an uh, informant, and he he did an article on it for I, I believe National Crime Syndicate and talked about it. And um, that's the first I've ever heard of that. You know what I mean? I, Jay Michael, he's not the type to nah. throw shit at the wall and just hope yeah, it nah, sticks. He... So he read a lot of court tra- transcripts and all that. But um, my point is that's the first time I heard I heard that. So that's an interesting little uh, factor in that. Yeah, no, that is a new one. I mean, and like, I mean, like you said, I mean, Jay Michael, he he don't fuck around. He ain't, he ain't no Gonzo writer out here firing from the hip like myself. That dude's a well versed, well fucking rad educated. Son and for of, those I mean, of you, are an American. Yeah, and th- for those of you who don't know uh, who Jay Michael Neoda is, he's a crime historian like us and a great one. And his grandfather was legendary Los Angeles mafia boss Jack Dragna. Yeah, he uh he still stays out on the West Coast, yeah. right? Yeah, I believe he's out there. He's way. he's everything. He's musician. Uh, he's still in the. He was in the forces, National, National Guard. Guard. Yeah, he was fighting the fires in California recently. Um, he's. I mean, he's just. He really is the all American hero. The guy. Um, he's a great guy. And, and I, I mean, I, I very much respect his his work. Um, uh, it's funny that it actually happened on my birthday he gave us uh, a talk at the mob museum and he even during his speech or his his talk said that the mob museum were wrong in some of the pictures that they had up um so i mean he really he stuck <laughs> to his guns he knows his stuff um he very much goes for the truth he doesn't go for uh, the most famous story he looks beneath that and, and goes for the truth and because and Christian, Christian Cipollini, he's the same. And because of those two, that kind of influences me to look deeper and go further and and, and, and rather than stick to what everyone else says, try and find another answer, if you like. 
Oh yeah, I mean all those guys inspire me, man. I mean, I mean obviously you two inspire me like fucking crazy. But yeah, J J Michael. I mean fucking uh, Casey yeah, McBride. Tyson's I think that's his name. Uh, Craig. Yep. Craig. Uh, Craig's the founder. Craig. Yes, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, Craig Timmons. Craig. Good friend of mine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Big big shout out to him. I mean he he's I mean a solid ass dude. Uh, Seth for for right, how, do, yeah. how do I say his last name? Seth Ferrante. Yeah. 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 He's a, he's another. another he's big time. He's fucking, me a lot of advice. Big hitter Seth. out there. Um, and Christian, but Seth, yeah, Seth gave me a lot of advice. Um, and really, I've only Seth in like, like comment strands, but like everything he's ever said to me has been super uh, insightful. Same, uh, same with uh, Jay Michael. I mean, all, all of them really. Uh, Casey McBride said he, he'd be down to do an episode. I just got to figure out when and how to get him on here. And I mean, everybody that we're mentioning right now is going to get a tag. And if and if you do, you know, actually give us a, a listen and, and you hear us through. Uh, I'd, fuck, I'd be honored to fucking have anybody we just named on. Seriously, I mean Scott M. Bernstein. You know what I mean? Like, uh, any, I mean any of these guys. Al Prophet, even though he, I know, I know he's never going to get back. Mm-hmm. Me, but Sammy the Bull was. <laughs> I'm not going to stop, Sam. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to. I'm going to keep hounding you. You're going to. Like I said, you're, you're going to have to shoot me. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I'm gonna get a restraining order from Salvatore Gravano. He's gonna be like, "Tell this kid he's gotta leave me the fuck alone." I don't want to do his fuck. <laughs> I don't. I don't want okay, to. Do Sammy, there's money on the table. There's on the table, Sammy. All right. Um, along with the guys, Rob, uh, another little, uh, another little tidbit of people that were born during October would be uh, the Gotti brothers. I mean, uh, John Gotti was born October 27, 1940, in the Bronx. You know, the Bronx, real tough. My father, you know. And then Peter Gotti actually had been born a year before him. I actually always thought uh, Peter was the younger one, but I think I'm thinking of Gene. I think I always mix those two up. Yeah. Because uh, Peter Gotti was born October 15th, 1939. He's the oldest, Rob, you said? Peter Peter is the oldest. It, is he still alive? I know Gene. Yeah. Yeah, Peter. yeah, Peter's still alive. He's in jail. He was trying, trying to get a uh, compassionate release. Yeah, parole last year. But... Yeah, I do. Due to COVID nineteen, they they put in something too this year, and uh, it got tonight. Why? Uh, how did Peter end up getting a a, a longer stint uh, than Gene? I mean, if anybody really got fucked, this is fucking that no, the, the middle no, child. Uh, Gene John got Donovan. Gene got the uh, the longest sentence. He he's the one who uh, well, Gotti obviously got the John Gotti got the longest sentence because he was sentenced to life. But Gene Gotti was sentenced yeah. to 30 years, and he did his full 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, he fucking wouldn't call it doing it standing on your head. But, like, yeah, he definitely did it and did it like a fucking man. So when did Peter uh, go away? When, when, Like, how long did they give him? And when did they send him up? Do you know? They gave him um... – I'm not sure. I'm drawing a blank on Peter, but uh, he's been in jail for maybe, um, I don't know. 10 years now probably longer I, he, oh okay so he didn't go away when like you know when john and all, all the all the boys started crumbling he was still out and about making moves yeah yeah he, he, it was Hell quite a few yeah. years after wasn't it it wasn't um a recent uh, it wasn't a, an early thing but it wasn't that recent either so i think Rob's about right huh so did he ever get control the family even for like a little little while yeah he was the acting boss for uh for john when uh john was in jail well first um john Gotti jr was the acting boss and then when yeah. john Gotti jr retired or whatever you wanted to call it um is when peter Gotti stepped in and run the family but some say that it was uh actually gene Gotti 
who was the real power behind the family at that point. Um, he was, you know, calling the shots and telling Peter, you know, what to do, what not to do. But I have no, that's just a rumor. I have no idea exactly. Uh, I mean, if I'm, just, if I'm judged strictly off photos, Gene does look like he'd be the smarter of the two. Oh, now, definitely. That's being real biased. Don't know either of the men, but like just every time I because I, I do remember the difference in a man. Every time I see Peter Gotti, I'm like, you look like you're lost, or someone just asked you a math problem. Like, it does. As much as he's got like the like the kind of like a scowl going, but like his lips kind of poked out. He's got them big old fucking Coke bottle glasses with fucking thirty layers of fucking bifocal on them because he can't see. I'm guessing, but yeah, Gene's a mover and a shaker, man. That motherfucker's out. They like a couple photos have leaked of him. He's he's running around on an iPhone. He's fucking he, he's getting it figured out. He's so oh, and just to correct myself, um, so sorry, David. Oh. I just want to correct myself real quick. Um, P- Peter Gotti, I said ten years. He's actually been in for uh more than ten, uh, twenty years, almost twenty years. He went in in June two thousand two. Oh goddamn! So he's doing a bid. He's he's holding it down. Yeah, he was sentenced to um. I mean, in 2003, I believe it was, he was convicted to extortion, money laundering, racketeering, et cetera. Is he mid, and, um, mid-70s, judge, Rob? Yeah. Is he mid-70s, about 74? Oh, yeah. He's in 74? Yeah. Yeah, he has to be around that. Mm. Actually, <laughs> he's 80. He's actually him, 80 years know. old. I'm sorry. <laughs> If they let him out, you know it'll be like a Sonny Francis bit where he's 90-something years old still trying to take down a pizzeria in a strip club. Fucking them, guys, them Gotti boys ain't going to change. I'll tell you what, if you guys ever want to clear the air on that, if you ever want to tell me that you guys have found God or, you know, that, you know, that you guys aren't gangsters anymore, come on on. Do a podcast, Gene Gotti. Uh, I mean, Peter, you really, you really can't. I don't even know how this would ever reach you. I mean, I, I guess I know how it would reach you. There are cell phones in prison. But yeah, Gene Gotti, if you out there, uh, you want you want to make a little fucking money too? Oh shit, I'll fucking I'll shell a little bit of cash out to all of you. You guys got to be fucking broke by now. <laughs> yeah, in two thousand April April two thousand four, Peter Gotti was sentenced to uh, four months in prison. But then uh, in two thousand four, he was convicted in a separate trial, and he got twenty five years for that. So. His projected release date is May 5th, the day after my birthday. May 5th, two, 2032. So he ain't going to see the light of day. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's dying there. Hey you, had a, hey, you had a good run, Pete, and you outlived John. And you know what? Take it with stride, brother. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, apparently, uh, apparently all the media hype and, you know, being in the public eye that hard for that long uh, really did got in. I mean, I knew, I knew he got cancer and and all that and I know they were actually they actually were really really cool to him as far as prison conditions go I mean we're talking 23 and a half hour a day lockdown I think visitations once every maybe every week but I thought it was every two or something like that they they really got they really put uh velcro <laughs> on the teflon when they fucking sent him up shanghai him up it wasn't no joke no chance I mean along with the Gotties. There is also a couple other individuals uh, born throughout October. Uh, Johnny Stampano, Stampanto, Panano. How the hell do you say that? He's a what? What's that guy? He's born October tenth, nineteen twenty-five. Oh man, how the fuck do you pronounce his last name? Johnny. It's like Stomp and then Panato. Stompanato? 
Stompinato. Yeah, Johnny Stompinato. Yeah, Johnny Stompinato. Yep. There you go. That's literally how you say yeah, it. He, Stompinato, like Stompinato. I believe so. He was killed by his uh, girlfriend's daughter. That's phenomenal. I did not know that. That's yeah. He he was uh he was with um actress um what's her name there um Sharon uh, Tate. I can't think. Of, uh, Cheryl Tate. Yep. Cheryl Tate, the one that the Manson family got. <laughs> oh, you know what? No, 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 not Cheryl Tate. Uh, I oh am drawing God. a freaking. I am drawing a complete blank right now. Um, Lana Turner. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have been way crazier if it had been Sharon Tate. But, yeah, that's still that's pretty, still pretty notable. David, you got any October yeah. facts you want to drop? Well, I feel no, like I mean, me and Robert are just fucking you, I mean, you're talking birthdays and obviously um, anniversary of deaths. But um, one of the ones that sticks in my mind, probably because it's to do with the Chicago outfit and Tony Accardo, was um, October the 5th. Uh, uh, 1979. Um, the his it was his um housekeeper. Uh, a, a week before he had given evidence uh, uh hearing um about the burglaries that had taken place at Tony Ocado's home, and apparently the information he gave was a little bit too informationy. Um, he he gave over too much information. <laughs> And the next thing you know, he's on his way to work October the 5th and boom, gone missing, never found. Houdini'd. Well, yeah, I mean, Houdini but then if you think Nobody about it, knows. you've got um, the, which I suppose is Chicago outfit's equivalent of Murder, Inc., which was um, the Wild Bunch. Um, and that includes one of, yeah. one of my favourite gangsters, uh, Jerry Scalise. Uh, the monk, uh, him and another guy, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Jerry Stampanelli. Is it Jerry Stampanelli? Yeah, him and yeah. They, they, the FBI nicknamed them the two Jerrys. Um, but Jerry's, Jerry Scalise is <laughs> um, very much, I, I just, I love the guy. Um, and not because, I mean, when they got out of jail, I think he was 73 and, and was going to do another burglary. Uh, um his former boss's house, La Pietra, <laughs> with he was going to do it with Art Rachel, um, and, and together they they were involved in something before, um, and that's the story that I've got coming out in Mitzi Serrato's book next year. It's a story about that, so um, I'll stop on that bit there. <laughs> yeah, keep him yeah, waiting. Got to keep him waiting. Uh, yeah, I guess they. Um... A few years after the disappearance of uh, Akado's uh, house house guy, they um they raided his house, uh, Akado's house, in order to uh, see if there'd be any evidence there that you know a murder took place there or whatever. And uh, they took ashes and I believe some clothing out of uh, uh, a burner that he had in his basement, and also in a safe they found uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars cash. But they also found the guy's glasses. Um, <laughs> In the safe, I don't know why Ocado would hold on to those. Or well, he, I mean, he was an associate of Ocado's as well. Like, he was a good friend of his, um, apparently. So, I mean, yeah, maybe he was just someone that wasn't cut out to be given evidence uh, at a grand jury hearing. But I've, I've got a funny feeling because um, Jerry Scal- Scalise, he used to. Um, 
uh, own a home, and at the back of it was was a load of dirty ground, and they that's where they went looking for a load of bodies that the wild bunch had buried there, and I've got a funny feeling Michael Volpe um, was one of the bodies. I don't think they've identified them, but one of the bodies was thought to be a, of Michael Volpe. Um, I'll have to I'll have to check out that one because I can't remember it a hundred percent. Well, I mean, when did it when uh, what, what um, oh yeah, I mean you pile you pile fucking you know a half a ton of lie on top of a fucking a body, and especially uh especially the Midwest, we get some like we just a lot of weather, you know. What I mean, I mean same out east too. You just get some hard weather, fucking that body stays in the ground for for a little bit, a few good winters, you know, a couple couple hard summers, you know. What I mean, like I'm sure it would get, especially back then when they're trying to you know identify, you know dental records and stuff like that. I mean, all these, whenever they can't identify somebody, I always wonder if it's because of how off the books a lot of these guys lived. I mean, it's like Henry Hill says in Goodfellas, like all their, you know, all the passports, all the IDs, all that stuff. I mean, that's all fraudulent for the most part. I mean, you might have like the state you're actually from. You might have a valid driver's license from like where you call home, but you probably also got an Indiana, like let's say you're from Detroit, you're a Detroit gangster. You got an Indiana driver's license that's faker and fuck. You got an Ohio license that's faker and fuck. You got three passports that got different names on them. You got, you know what I mean? So, like, I mean, I don't even know if you'd ever... Jerry Scarpelli, sorry. Sorry. Speaking of the the dentist, Ian, um, another death that happened in October uh, was October 6, 19... 77, uh, oh, you Cleveland Irish mobster Danny yeah. Green um, yeah, was killed. Did. Yeah, he, um, you know, he, he was at war with the Italians, and uh, he survived. It's amazing. You know, I'm sure people seen in the movie Kill the Irishman, all the attempts that were made on his life, and a lot of them were accurate uh, in the movie that uh, was he survived so many. I mean, there's been times where his car blew up, but he got out in time. There's been other times where he yeah. found the bomb in his car before it could go off. And he yeah. would check his car so good that they knew they needed to come up with another plan. And they actually had his home phone bugged. Uh, the mafia had his home phone bugged. So they knew he was going to the dentist that day. So when he went uh, when he went to the dentist, he pulled in the parking lot. He parked. He goes inside. And then they took a, um, they yeah, took right, a right. car. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. And parked it right next to his car this time because, you know, they could never – it never worked when they would put it in Danny's car. So they said, all right, well – We'll put it in another car parked next to Danny's car. And yeah. as the approach is when uh, the detonator went off and, you know, Danny was killed instantly. I believe it was his uh, left arm went flying off and landed like 12 feet away. Yeah, and I do believe it blew his pants off of him, actually. Like, literally, like, blew him out of it, like, blew his pants off. Yeah, and the dumb mistake was is when they raided um, Ray Frito's house, they actually found uh, the, the title of the car um other shit like that so that he held on to so it was easy to connect him to that car that was uh blown up and that's why he decided to become an informant that's uh that that was not like all of the downfall to vegas but didn't that help like sort of push the feds that, towards no, what that, the outfit was doing out in vegas well, or was that, that danny a- green one that was a mafia commission trial um Charito's information led to wasn't it Oh yes, yeah. yep, yep. Damn, you beat me to that one, Rob. I was I was holding on to good old Danny, but yeah. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen Kill the Irishman, Danny Green, 
Uh, I mean, you can go back and listen to episode 10 with me and good old Ronnie Cockroach. And nice shout out to him again. Uh, first guest I ever had on the, on the hideaway, but we, uh, we break down Danny Green for you. He was, he was more or less uh, a, an Irish union thugster, if you will. But yeah, it, it was something upwards of like over one summer. I think it was like 76 or 77 car bombs were detonated in Cleveland alone. And that was just between warring factions of the Cleveland mafia, the Italian mafia there, and <laughs> Danny Green and his bunch of goons. And uh, yep. like you said, Rob, it's really amazing that he lived as long as he did. And uh, yeah, I mean, they 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 even blew up his house when him and his girlfriend were in there. And um, you know, that's why. And once we get a little bit going on with the podcast, we get a little better at the editing stuff. We're gonna add in some pitch. You know, we'll do video and we'll add in, add in some pictures for everybody because I would love for everybody to see the picture of what Danny's house looked like after it was blown up. I mean, it was completely. There wasn't. There was no house standing. It was all debris, yeah, and him and his girlfriend survived somehow. And then he goes on the news oh, yeah. day later, and and pr- pretty much, you know, essentially just calls out the Italians for God and yeah. the seas. Like, you know where to find me. Uh, you know, I he called them maggots. You, did he? I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, he, he goes if these and if these so uh, these maggots and the so-called mafia is the way he pronounced it. Mafia. Oh my God. Irish but, um, after my own heart right there. Yeah, and um, actually on October 11th, we actually have um, two notable mafia deaths. Uh, October 11th, 1972, Chicago mobster Paul the Rica died from a heart attack. Yes, sir. He was, um, you know, he was like a, a acting boss behind the um, family. Even when Ocado was um, boss, they say that, you know, the, the final say was uh, – was Paul Rica's. Yeah, it seems to bounce back and forth between like who really ran the show between those two, but like all general consensus points to that it was one of the two of them. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yep. And then no, uh, on October. No, I'm just, I, I was just agreeing ahead, with Ian that, yeah, I mean, Rica was uh, um, <laughs> uh, uh, in charge of the outfit, even when um, I, I suppose he was his mentor. Uh, I suppose is is the best way to look a bit like Al Capone. He was, yeah. And if anybody watches, yeah. And if anybody watches the um, making of the Mafia Chicago, um, they give a pretty accurate portrayal of their relationship. It may not be completely accurate, but it's uh, it's as close as Very you good. know as they can come. Very well done. Very well done. Which, I mean, I guess speaking of the Chicago and speaking of Rika, and which would lead me into thinking of Giacana and all the boys, another notable mention is on October 8th, 1939, none other than fucking future assassinator <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. Indeed. As well. Yeah. Yeah. And along, I mean, and along with him, uh, the last birthday I, I personally have is for a good old Philadelphia boy, good old uh, Ron Pervetti, born October 9th, 1943. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, uh, I mean, it, it's Philly, so, you know, it's Philly, but yeah, I mean, he was, de- he was definitely no slouch in the life either. Now, uh, and on, uh, October 11th, 1926 was when Jaime Weiss, Chicago mobster Jaime Weiss was, um, was killed. He was actually, um, he was on trial for murder and, uh, that day they were doing jury, jury selection and, um. Weiss, uh, the it was about the murder of uh, yeah. Joe 
Saltis, I believe his name is. Yeah. I, I could be pronounced that wrong. But yeah, so Weiss and four of his men were seen there. And, um, you know, he had his bodyguard, Sam, Sam Pella. He had uh, gangster Patty Murray, his lawyer, William O'Brien, and O'Brien's investigator, Benjamin Jacobs. And uh, at about 4 p.m., Weiss and his men left for their State Street headquarters, Schofield Flowers. They parked their cars on Superior Street and started to walk where two gunmen hiding in a rooming house nearby opened fire with a submachine gun and a shotgun. Wise and Murray were fatally wounded. O'Brien was hit four times, uh, but he managed to stagger into a stairwell nearby. And uh, when when Pella heard the initial gunfire, he panicked and he pulled out his thirty eight gun and um, he fired in the, in the direction of the shooters, but he accidentally hit Jaime Weiss, who was oh. already going. He was already going down. Jaime Weiss was already falling at that, getting ready to fall at that point because he had been shot by the other guys. And then, he, as he's going down, he takes a a bullet from uh, from Pella. That was the one that did him. I guarantee it. I guarantee truth yeah, to stranger in fiction, and that fucking bullet was the fucking fi- getting deed up by your own boy, man. God, what a bitch. Were they firing down? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure about that. But when Peller and Jacob started, uh, they started running, like, well, not running, staggering, actually, because they were both shot. They were staggering back to where their car were, and bullets were following the whole way. So they were being shot at um, the, the whole time. And as they were walking away, but they, they ended up getting away with their lives. And then uh, Jaime Weiss, he ended up being buried at Mount Caramel Cemetery in Hillside, Illinois, which is the same cemetery Al Capone. Well, Al, Dean Al, Al, Al Tobel was also yeah, um, yeah. Al Capone's gangland conference, wasn't it? At the Hotel Sherman. Um, yeah. That, yeah, that was today. I'm that was, sorry, Mavar Johnson on years ago. <laughs> It's just, it's mentioned, I remember no, no, the game. No, you're, you're all good. Taking, I just, uh, like, taking part in October. I didn't realize it was today. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that was actually on, like, on today. And yeah, in 1930. Oh, no, actually, I take that back. The gangland conference wasn't today. It was today in 1931 that he was convicted for tax evasion. My bad. Was I knew 20th of October? Had, uh, something. I think the conference. For, for what? For uh, the conference? Uh, yeah, no, October nineteenth, nineteen twenty-six. Yep, you were close. You were, yep, hotel. It must have happened at night because it yep. would have been the daytime here, so it would have been the twentieth. <laughs> Another fun one though, because fucking JFK just can't seem to stay out of October. Our lingerance of JFK can't. Stay. I mean, his his killer will be born in October, and then the man who would honestly try to go above and beyond. Uh, yeah, yeah, good old. You already know. October twentieth, nineteen ninety-two. He uh, dies at uh, the age of seventy. That had to have been a fucking arduous life, man. I mean, he investigated the JFK case like nobody's business. You know what I mean? It really became from everything I've read on him. I like once again, I didn't know the man. So whenever I'm saying shit, I'm literally just talking shit. I've never met any of these people, but it, it seemed like it became a sort of an obsession for him. Like, how but he had, didn't he have ties with, us, with Carlos Marcello in the New Orleans mob though? Jim I do. I he do did. believe so. I do believe so. But uh, I mean, I mean, still, you. I don't know. That's that's one of those weird things, I guess, where you know, you you go to your you go to your guy, you go to your, you know your 
your man on the streets and you're all like, you know, did you have anything to do with it? And Carlos is like, who? Me? Oh, kill the president? You're crazy. And Garrison's like, all right, all right, all right. You know what I mean? I mean, people are fucking gullible when it when it's somebody that, you know, you like. Like, you know, if if somebody wound up, you know, face down tomorrow and, and word on the street was that, you know, it's Boston Rob that pulled the trigger. First thing I'm going to do is get a hold of Boston Rob and be like, hey, man, fucking pull the trigger and he's like no i mean you know me i'd be like oh yeah you're right yeah you didn't do it and, you know funny enough bringing up ron roach um ron roach is obviously uh pretty decent in his history of new orleans david hennessy um the david hennessy yeah. story and i know that ron yeah. um is very much uh an expert behind the david hennessy story and i also know that uh he's just published a story I think it was a couple of days ago. Yesterday was it Hennessy's anniversary, or the day before? But there's another Ron Roach post on National Crime Syndicate um, that details the David Hennessy assassination. Brilliant piece, brilliant article, absolutely brilliant. Article. Yeah, no, Ron. Ron's a solid dude. That, that that's a real motherfucker through and through, man. I've uh, I've hit him up in in my private life when I've uh, had certain issues, and uh, yeah, he was. He was a down motherfucker, man. I was just, I was just asking him to, you know, send a word out to somebody's way, and he, he was all like, "Who you know, do I need to send guys?" I mean, he got, he got real on me real quick, you know. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, fucking big shout out to Ron Roach yet again, and David Randazzo, fucking both those guys holding down the our thing, clothing apparel. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, October is a, a busy, busy bodied month for organized crime, and even, and even petty crime in general. Because I mean, you're talking October twenty second, nineteen thirty four. He's not uh, LaCosta Nostra related, but Pretty Boy Floyd gunned down. You know, Pretty Boy Floyd, for those of you who don't know, was a, a dirty 30s uh, bank robber. Actually, a pretty notable bank robber, too, because it, it, he would uh, actually burn or destroy, uh, like, mortgages or, you know, bag, like, people, different documents that kept, uh, you know, people in debt with certain banks. Uh, I mean, Pretty Boy Floyd would could go in and go out of his way to destroy uh i've always had a real niche for those dirty 30s bank robbers too you know what i mean like bonnie and clyde were kill kill crazy fucking lunatics don't get me wrong but like you know you john dillinger's your pretty boy floyd's you know what i mean the, like those guys were real like i mean they were fucking they, they were the original anti-heroes really everybody was happy to see them get one over on the banks the banks were fucking everybody and their brother i mean who gives a fuck and, and of course talking about um uh, 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 coincidences in the same month with Jim Garrison and Lee Harvey Oswald, you've also got um, the death of Charles Matranga, um, obviously, who was involved in the David Hennessy oh, situation. Yeah, I've actually I forgot about that one. I did not, it was an old man, 86 down in my, my little note section. Yeah, no, no kidding. No kidding, man. Some of these guys, it is amazing that, uh, you know, I mean, it's like that old saying goes, uh, fear, fear an old man in a profession where young men die regularly or whatever, whatever, however it goes. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely wild mm -hmm. that some of these guys make it as long as they do, you know, not so much to me when they're young, you know, because, you know, you're ripping, you're running, you're on the move, you're in the streets, you know, you got that energy, you got that flow, you got that, but I mean, but by the time you get to a fucking like, I mean, I since we bring him up in every episode anyway, he'll get a shout out in this one. Once you get to like a fat Tony age, man, a fat Tony state where you're walking with a fucking cane and you've smoked a three to noble cigars your entire life. And, you know, yeah, I think we just lost Rob. But uh, yeah, I don't know what happened. So well, I mean, if we lost Rob, we're at, oh, there he goes. There he goes. What's up? You back, brother? 
Hey, no, y'all good, man. Clay, I mean, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna fucking keep on trucking without you. I was gonna wrap that shit up. We were already at forty-five minutes, but yeah, no, I've just always found it weird that like some of the like that a lot of the older guys once they make it to that older stage that they don't get clipped more often. I guess it's always been my thing that I'm like, because you're old, you know, you're moving slow. You'd be an easy, you know. I mean? No offense to like any of the any of the boys out there that are old timers, but that are still hustling and bustling, but. No offense, it, it takes you a few minutes to get out of your cabin. Yeah, and another I one mean, on um, this one, October 23rd, 1930, was uh, Chicago mobster Joe Illo was murdered. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it was October 23rd. You say October 23rd? Yeah. That's hilarious, because October 23rd, 1935 is when uh, Dutch Schultz is fucking just bombarded at the Palace Chop House. Uh, around 10 15 p.m. when he's supposed to be meeting up with Luciano but it's a double cross and uh they just fucking pelted him with rounds and he ended up surviving 22 hours and dying on the 24th yeah well actually October. I believe so, yeah, uh, Schultz was killed on the 24th. not a good day to be fucking around as a gangster either no he died on the 24th Rob he was shot yeah, on the 23rd you're right. he died on the 24th yeah because um yeah no you're good Every, I was definitely seen two hours and fucking like eight holes in him Overnight, she sent a telegram. Um, Stephanie Sinclair, uh, she sent a telegram saying, you reap what you sell sow, as he laid the way in the hospital. Yeah. Yep. His uh, his last words were bonkers. Uh, I don't have them verbatim in a quote because Mm -hmm. it's just too much, but it's really just rambling nonsense. Literally sounds like somebody like... I don't know if he had an STD of some kind or if the lead was just seeping into his blood at a epidemic rate. But uh, yeah, I, like I said, I don't have it verbatim, but for anybody who, you know, I've piqued your interest in what Dutch Schultz's last words were, go look them up because they're fucking mind boggling, man. They're literally, it's just the ramblings of a madman right before he finally, you know, conks out for the final time. Like it really, it really, it's really something, 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 something different. Something, something. Yeah. Something, something like that. Well, now we're going to loop into uh, the last little tidbit that I have for October, how true it is. I'll never know because, I mean, you can't trust this guy as, you know, as much as you can believe that he's a born-again Christian. But uh, Michael, good old yuppie Don Franchese, Francese, Francese, however the fuck you want to say it because I've heard it said so many ways. Francese, I'm going to say Francese just to keep just to keep it gutter, you know what I mean? But, uh, but uh, allegedly was – inducted into La Cosa Nostra on October 31st, Halloween night of 1975. Um, not, that one I, I really can't be 100% on because it's not like somebody was born so there's a birth certificate or somebody died so there was a body laying there. It's just some guy telling us that he was made on Halloween night 1975. Although amongst all the things that he would elaborate and, uh, and I mean, even blatantly lie about, um, no, I don't. I, I don't Considering see why his dad as well, you know what I mean. Um, so you kind of think, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense, but ha- man, what a night to yeah, be. Yeah, there's made, also, though, yeah, I believe that, that he was made that uh, that night too, because there was also, um, I think maybe like six other guys that got uh, got made with him that day. And according to him, out of all six, he's the only one still standing. And not one died. Don't forget, if we, if, uh, we brought up um, through obviously Joe Michael um, about Jack Dragner. Um, you had the former hitman 
um, who was born. Yeah. Uh, when was he born? Twenty fourth. Uh, Frank. Uh, Frank Bombardier. That was the 29th, yep. 29th, 29th. He was, um, apparently they said that he had buried more bones than the natural history. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's awesome. Sorry, um, he is, buried more bones than could be found right in the Brontosaurus room of the Museum of Natural History, is what he said. I just checked it. <laughs> I know, I've seen it. I've seen an interesting uh, post earlier in one of the groups. I don't know who posted. He did a terrific job, though, because he, uh, for, I mean, just from all the information we're given, he went in order of the, you know, number one mafia, you know, killer to, like, I think he did, like, the top five and then proceeded to kind of go in depth and explain each and, you know, every individual sort of marking. I really want to get to the bottom of if Roy DeMeo really is just the the, the murder king as far as the mob goes. Because, like, I'll take into consideration that from Anastasia's era, Luciano's era, there's no way no. to get track on those bodies. I mean, there was no forensics. Yeah. There was no yeah. fucking, you know, there was no, you, well, you left them where you found them. Main... You literally, you could shoot somebody in the street every day. But once things uh, got more. One, one, of the, one of the main reasons, like you were saying, we have. No, you're you know, good. Right? There's nothing. We don't really know exactly, you know, about that. But there was uh, one of the one of the main evidence behind it is a lot of these guys that were allegedly killed by him. They were, you know, they they would say to their family, the last thing it says is they were on their way to the Gemini Lounge or something, you know what I mean? So a lot of them would, you know, say something to somebody like they were meeting at the Gemini or whatever. So a lot of these people, that was the last their family heard of them. They were going to meet at the Gemini and then they vanished. And that's what, how, that's like the, proof, the only proof there is to um, Roy, Roy DeMeo yeah. killing them. But I think he was in six. But see, I wonder, I wonder if the Mayo gets too much credit and the twins almost yeah, yeah. don't get enough. Not that we should be fucking condoning <laughs> people. Like, congratulations, you killed and cut up 250 people. You, you know, but like, but I mean, we're, I mean, I'm gonna give credit where credit's due. And like, I don't know, like, everybody's got this aura in their head of Roy DeMeo that like he was this like single-handedly, you know, type of kid. But like, every time I listen to Dominic Montiago's story where he's like, you know, uh, where he, he says Roy, uh was was a coward he's like he was a killer but not all killers are brave people you know he's all like you know he's like roy wouldn't wouldn't take it he had to you know he had to you know shoot you in the back of the head or or something like that and also when they would like anytime i've ever heard anybody talk up the system roy seems like he's the one walking you into a room kind of like how uh, i've heard uh vincent apra say a couple times that he thinks sammy gravano mm -hmm. really only pulled the trigger on three or four of the 19 bodies he claims and the others were just you know setting the ambiance, setting the... I don't doubt that Roy got in on the dismemberment because he seemed to have a real fancy for that. That whole fucking sick fucking crew did for some reason. Uh, it was unnecessary. As Joe Coffey said, a lot of these people were degenerates, gamblers, drug addicts. You could have left them in an alley and the police, you know, would have been like, yeah, and support everybody and their brother money. Like, Yeah, and supposedly they would, you know, um, I mean? but, you know cutting up bodies. I, I mean, I don't know because I've never done it, but it takes some time. So uh, they would stop and have lunch and shit in the middle of it. So they'd all be sitting there eating pizza with bloody hands and shit, uh, someone said. Yeah. Yeah, after they would shoot them, uh, uh, one of the one of the twins would stab them in the heart to stop the bleeding. They would hang them upside down in the bathtub in the little uh, bathroom in the back of the Gemini Lounge, which is ironically enough a church today. That's always sat weird with me. 
And they would, you know, you cut the neck, you cut the rest, and you, you drip dry. <laughs> and like, yeah, there's been uh, multiple multiple people who said to go eat. Oh, sorry, that's how to do halal. <laughs> what was that, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, no shit. Man, that was the biggest, that was the biggest, like, mafia debunked thing that was, like, that was the biggest letdown to me that the Iceman turned out to just be, you know, just some guy who, I mean, def- definitely killed, definitely had killed a handful of people, but uh, they, they couldn't seem to find anything to him that was mob-related. And the, the only question I, that still lingers for me is, yeah. what about that fucking Robert Prongay guy? Like, was he... Um, I, know, I, was there he is evidence that he was like a real... Uh, a real person, but um, there's not, like, too much crazy information on that. He drove an ice cream truck, all that, like they say in uh, the movie and stuff like that, but um, so... Some I believe there is some truth to it, but I don't know how much. Mm. Fuck the movie. I'm talking about the Iceman, the the confession tapes, and I'm not even talking about the ones once he gets a little taste for his fame and he he bumps it up. Cause see that the first like his first go around where he's in like the red sweater, he yeah. Look at the camera, and he doesn't have a real like I'm a celebrity demeanor yet. I buy more yeah, of what you're uh, saying yeah. than fucking than as we go down the road. So like he turned it from a hundred to oh, he's killed, you know yeah. what I mean? But like he's definitely killed somebody. Uh, it somebody was all, mostly like, all for his own. You know, good, whether though, it was you know, it's like that guy, uh, he was gonna sell a bunch of um VHSs when VHSs were new to the guy and he you know, he told the guy to bring a hundred K with them and um he just killed the guy and took the money. That that is true because a lot of these um a lot of these cases was um you know, the people's yeah. family would know, you know, he was going to buy tapes off this person, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, the one guy who was trying to get a, a blood thinning medication took $350,000 for the meetup with Kuklinski, who yeah, was and, uh, shot three times under his chin and stuffed in a barrel. <laughs> but I guess I don't understand why they put a, an organized tech, because the, 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 the undercover that talks in the Iceman conversation tapes, I've seen him in other uh, organized crime documentaries. I've seen him in one about the DeCavacanti family. I've seen him in a, a handful of – so I don't understand how they had an organized crime undercover and, like, you know, a little three-, four-man task force hunting for Kuklinski if he never yeah, got yeah. busy with the mob. I don't see how the feds would m- drop the ball, like, you know what I mean? But – but I mean, it's just one of those ones that I mean, everybody tells me that he never worked for DeMeo. and uh, I mean, I guess I still kind of got that glimmer of hope that he was just he was just that fucking smooth daddy criminal that like you know that DeMeo fucking brought him in for yeah. you know one or two and fucking he you know. Kuklinski had that, a scar on you know, his forehead. Never that, part of uh, it's alleged that it was Roy DeMeo who uh, hit him and made that uh, made that mock on his uh, head. He had said to one of the. Um, I believe it was a cop and investigator or whatever that um, he pointed to the scar on his head and said, this was uh, from Roy. I believe he hit him with the butt of a gun or something like that. If it's even true. Yeah. When he pulled out the movie at the table. I do remember that story. My favorite is when they do, uh, when he's all like, uh, so uh, do you remember getting the news that, that Roy was killed? And he's like, yeah, I remember getting the news. And they're like, do you remember how you felt? Because obviously they're trying to just like pick his brain. He's all, I was all tore up about it. And they're like, seriously? He's like, no, no, that was a joke. He's like, no, I didn't, uh, I didn't feel, I mean, you know, I guess if somebody had to die that day, it, 
it was a good day for him to die. Like, just some of the lines he delivered would, were just so cold that I was like, God damn, this guy's like right out of some sort of fucking fairy tale hitman movie. We like, I we pulled up on the red light and uh, I cocked a shotgun and uh, leaned out the window and pulled the trigger and he never saw the green light. Like, just to be able to say shit like that so callously and just like, you know, it just, it, it's almost like the natural born killer scene where he's like, shit, man, it's just murder. All God's creatures do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah. one of those. And that, that was right when I first started sort of getting into it, like really researching and investigating the mob. And I remember thinking like, man, this motherfucker is the truth. Big old Polak, not even Italian. has got more bodies than any of these fucking, you know, mafia hitmen. But I mean, you come to find that that's not true. Along with the like, sort of like the myth that, uh, every hit gets paid for when in reality, uh, as, uh, <laughs> Sammy, the bull, another shout out to Salvador Gravano, come on the podcast. As Sammy said in one interview, um, mob hits usually sort of halt yeah. finances. Like it's sort of almost a, a grueling task that needs to be dealt with. And, and may, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of like the, the cleanup after you do a construction job, I suppose is how I would describe it. You know what I mean? Like the house is all set up, the roof's finished, but then you got all this fucking debris all around that has to go in the dumpster. And I mean, in this particular line of work you know yeah. other what people bothers are me about uh, the the mayo the and the dumpster that, is usually uh, a hole or front of you know paul paul ordered his death because paul was worried he was going to tie him he was going to rat and tie him to the uh the car theft operation um but i i don't believe the mayo was going to flip I, I believe he would have stayed strong i mean that's just my opinion um but you know i don't believe it because he was uh a cop he was actually talking to a cop and they told him that um you know, Paul wants you dead, you know, Paul, you know, and all that. And uh, they tried to get him to flip and stuff. And, and he even told me, he goes, listen, I'm in the mafia, but I'm a good soldier. So when that time comes, yeah, when I get called for it, if, if that time comes, I'm going <laughs> to go like a good soldier. You know what I mean? So he knew it was coming yeah. and all that. And it, so if he would have flipped, he would have flipped then. You know what I mean? Yep. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I did hear he was actually getting pretty bad into uh, cocaine towards the the end of his run, which is hilarious because that's just another Chris Farley <laughs> to me. Like, God, how are you that fat and do cocaine? Like, I don't understand. But I mean, I guess you got that you got that kind of wealth and power, man. You can eat veal cutlets and fucking Philly cheesesteaks while you're snorting up your eight ball. You don't have to pick one or the other, I suppose. So, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, sure you guys think honest. that the the twins are the um, ones who snuffed the mail? I. I... Yeah, I'm with Rob on that. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I want it to be Tommy Agro so bad or Agro or whatever his name is, but I don't know. Like, that son of a bitch. Like, there there are more bodies under that guy's belt than we are giving that gentleman credit for, for some reason. Every time I hear those wire tapes on that one Mafia documentary, he's like, you want to run around and backdoor me and stick your hands in my pockets? I'm going to leave you all by yourself. Like, that is some of the most ruthless shit a human could say to another human. Like, you have just tried to kill this guy. You botched a hit, and you you have the audacity to call him up and be like, and when I finally got you, I had already mixed you twice. <laughs> like, you, dude, you, you got to fuck screws, bro. But, uh, gentlemen, we, uh, we really tapped the fuck out of October here. Uh, we're coming up, coming up on that hour. You know what I mean? Fucking Halloween's right around the corner. We're gonna do uh we're gonna do a fucking Halloween special. I don't know what we're gonna do yet, but Halloween falls on a Saturday, so 
we will definitely uh we'll definitely put something out. Not like uh not like they're gonna give me candy get arrested for that. I don't think we're allowed out, are we? I mean, I mean, you guys might not be. Michigan's saying fuck it. They don't give a fuck. They're saying fuck the governor. They tried to kidnap the governor. Yeah. They're fucking Michigan's done with it, man. Let me tell you something. Something about yeah. those lakes, man. Separate <laughs> everything but Ohio and fuck Ohio too. You know what I mean? But all right, brothers, is uh, is there any last oh, little good, plugs, brother. promos, anything that you didn't get in the beginning that you can think of? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I want to. I bet you're I'm good. Two podcasts. <laughs> I want to give um. I want to give out one last shout out before we end here. I should have did it in the beginning, but uh, uh, shout out to my good friend, former Florida gangster Anthony Cayucci. Um, anybody who's listening, you should check out his book, Mafia Made: True Story of Murder, Racketeering, and Drug Trafficking. He sent me a copy of the book, and I mean, I I couldn't put it down. I, I loved it. It's actually going to be um, three books total. His story's so long and uh, so good that he's going to do three. And the first the first book. Um, it's already out, and I had read it, and oh we're going to have him on this show shortly, so um, look out for that episode. Oh, great. He didn't slag him off last time. <laughs> Fox, see what he's doing? Yeah, I'll talk to him. See what he's doing for That'd Halloween, awesome. Rob? That'd be fucking perfect. I, I finished it. I, I finished and it. I couldn't put the thing down, the so it, I, it I went, mean, I know it you went be, pretty quick. I know, I, I know you want to be. But, I mean, he talks about how – he went on the run, and uh, he was living in Thailand for a while. He was living well, all fuck. over. I mean, it's a great – I don't want to give anything away. You know what I mean? So we'll talk – we'll uh, save that for our listeners when we have him on. Sounds great. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll, uh, we can get a, a shot, like a, like a photo of, like, you know, the, the cover of his book, you know, the actual, like, the, the graphic, and we can put that up uh, – with, with the episode, like, yep. that can be, like, the whole little background picture that when you click on the link, you know what I mean? That way he gets the double promotion. But, uh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I'm going to hop off here and uh, actually fucking order that thing. bitch up. You've been talking. You've been chatting that up for a minute, so it, it must be good. You usually don't. Yeah. You don't get this down the rat hole right, if it's cool. not fucking, if it's not worthwhile, I'll give you that. As always. But, hell, yeah, gentlemen. It's been a fucking pleasure, as always. Uh, really appreciate it. You got it all out on that Appalachian bit earlier. You were just spat. And uh, settle down with Kelly and the yeah, kitty and the, and uh, the dogs. No, have a, oh, have a cup so. of tea, I guess. That's what you got to yeah, do. Coffee. I want coffee. 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 You can't stand coffee. coffee. <laughs> what? Coffee. Cold cream. <laughs> Pack my car by the harbor. My car keys are back. Talk. Brady. Tom All right. Brady. All right. You oh, guys stay up, man. We're just rambling at this point. Fucking take it. We'll see you next week. There. We love you. Everybody here at the